It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, licensed nutritionist, and I thank each of you for listening today. You know, we have a very interesting show planned. Comfort food for your brain. Have you ever thought that what you feed your body, you are also feeding your brain? Sometimes what you're feeding your body is good. You know, healthy animal protein, vegetable carbohydrates, and beneficial fats such as butter, olive oil, avocados, nuts. But on the other hand, you just might be feeding your body and brain diet pop, cereal, french fries, M&Ms. Not so good. It is a fact that our society is experiencing an epidemic of brain problems. Everything from depression to anxiety, to memory loss, to brain fog, to ADD, ADHD, to autism, to Alzheimer's. You know, today we want to help you understand the impact of food, that impact that food has on your brain. You know, the brain runs everything in your body. The brain runs everything. So when it isn't working well, every cell in your being is affected. So I'm really pleased today to have Cara Carper join me as our co-host. You know, Cara is a nutrition educator, a counselor with a and a counselor and a master's degree in holistic health from St. Catherine's College, which is really called St. Catherine's University they now. Changed it. <laughs> Cara also has a real special interest in helping people learn how food and nutrition can help with anxiety and depression. I Don't do you? like this topic, I, you <laughs> I know, both personally and just working with clients who have similar issues. And I actually have a firsthand story about a client that I had the other day, and he was drinking four liters mm. of Mountain Dew every day. And boy, was that affecting his brain chemistry. Let me tell you, there was a lot of anxiety going on. Um, there was some insomnia and intense, very intense ringing in the ears, almost unbearable. So we know that Mountain Dew is not a comfort food for the brain, right? That's right. (laughs) So people wonder, how do we come up with today's topic? You know, I was reading through an old copy of my Experience Life magazine from Lifetime Fitness and found this article. Dr. Mark Hyman had written this article on comfort foods for your brain. And I decided, hey, that's a great topic. So I thought... We must then, we must, we have to have Pilar Gerasimo, who is the editor of Experience Life magazine on the show. And I I love the way Pilar puts that book together. You know, she puts that magazine together and she's been putting it together for nine years. And it's got great articles. It's got articles that is much more than just fitness because you think of Lifetime, you know, it's going to be just a fitness magazine, but it's much more than that, isn't it? So I think it has great ground, very well-grounded information. And she's actually the founding editor of Experience Life magazine. And she continually brings articles that address the whole person. Articles to help people make lifestyle changes to improve their health. 
So, Flora, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. We're really happy to have you here. Thank you. Great to be here. And I know that you've actually worked with Dr. Hyman, haven't you? I have, yes, for many years. Tell us a little bit about what you did with him. Sure. Well, I met Mark originally. I just, um, I read a piece that he had written for Kripalu, which is a yoga school. It was in their magazine. A wonderful piece. And I thought, who is this guy? He was talking about his practice and some of the incredible changes he'd made with people who had really severe health problems just by helping them adjust their nutrition and their lifestyle. I thought, this is the kind of doctor I don't hear about every day, you know. So I got in touch with him through them and ended up asking him to work with us on a series of articles. And we have been working together on articles for years. And then last year, um, we decided to teach a workshop together at Omega Institute in, uh, in New York, in Rhinebeck, New York. And it was called Ultra Smart Weight Loss. And it was really fun because we brought Mark, who's the author of a best-selling book called Ultra Metabolism. Um, he's also written a book called Ultra Longevity. He used to be the head of medicine at Canyon Ranch, which is a very um, kind of upscale destination health resort spa. He ran really their kind of executive uh, medical program and just had an amazing, amazing amount of information. So he was teaching more and more in other places. And I had actually taken his ultra metabolism workshop um, at Kripalu and just said, oh, we have to do some stuff together. Anyway, it was wonderful. It was a three-day workshop. We saw extraordinary changes in people, big ahas. You know, Mark was teaching a lot about nutrition and how it impacts well-being, weight, um, mood, um, depression, mm-hmm. and anxiety. And um, I was bringing sort of the more holistic point of view of how do you go about making sustainable changes in your lifestyle. And then we brought fitness in as a component as well. So sort of the trifecta of nutrition and fitness and lifestyle together. It's amazing. Even in three days, you made major changes in people. It was extraordinary. Well, one of the benefits about Mark is that he, uh, Dr. Hyman, I should call him probably more officially. <laughs> I think of him as my friend now. But Dr. Hyman um, did a, a kind of a toxicity assessment at the very beginning. And just, you know, it was a couple of pages of self-assessing. How do you, you know, are you having this symptom or that symptom, how severely, how often, and you ended up with a numerical score. And at the beginning, the people who were, you know, 150 pounds overweight would have scores in the hundreds, you know, they mm-hmm. have 250 or 150. And by the end, they, you know, three days later, they did the same assessment and a lot of their symptoms had really disappeared. Everything from joint pain and um, fuzzy brain stuff to coughing and inflammation and puffiness. You could see a difference in people at the end of three days. And of course, the whole point was to send them home with knowledge and skills that would help them change their lives for the longer term. And we kept in touch with some folks. In fact, I just got a Facebook message from my friend Tony Tyner, who uh, was one of the folks who was the most challenged at the beginning. And he was falling asleep by the afternoon in most of the workshops until the third day he kind of woke up and Dr. Hyman pointed out to him, you know, you're having a blood sugar response that's making you go comatose in the afternoon. So he had a couple of big ahas. But um, that was an extraordinary experience and really got to know Mark's approach more intimately. He's an amazing resource. It's really great to have this before and after. And I mean, we do that in many of our classes, too. We do this health survey before. And then after they take a few classes, then we do it again. And it's amazing, the change in people's numbers. It is. And the, and the change in their dependence on things like medications. You know, I know there are a lot of programs now where people go in on three or four or five different kinds of medications for blood pressure or diabetes and things, um, or for dealing with symptoms that they're having. You know, like rashes are a really common one. We had people whose skin rashes went away inside of three days. And they were just like, how is that possible? I've been going to a dermatologist for years. And it, well, guess what? You got to go in from the inside out a lot of times. And I love that about your show that you guys are so great about giving people strategies for making themselves healthier. Well, I think that most people believe that the only thing that you really measure is what the scale says, you know, the number on the scale. And if that drops, then everything's great. But that's, there's so much more to health than that. And that, that survey makes a huge 
you know, they can really actually see where the progress that they're making. So that's very hopeful too for people that they can see changes that quickly and mm-hmm. feel better in a matter of three days. Yeah, and some of the most interesting ones really were, you know, we're talking about the brain, but mental function. You know, I mentioned my friend Tony kind of falling asleep and like literally his brain was shutting down because he had high, his blood sugar was going too high and then dropping too low. Um, And I'm sure there were a lot of other reasons, but you could see people's, you know, synapses sort of start working after a few days of not poisoning themselves with what had been a really unfortunate diet they function better mentally and their moods were brighter. And that's one of the things that I just think is so hopeful. And it's a great undertold story. And I'm so glad you guys chose to talk about it today because in our obsession with weight and our bodies, we often forget that the brain is a part of the body. And if, you know, I mean, he, you know, one of the things that Dr. Hyman says is we've learned a lot about mind-body relationships in the past 20 years. And we're starting to accept the idea that, you know, if your brain, if you're not happy, if you're depressed, if you're not focused, it'll affect your body's health. But he said, we're not paying enough attention to how the health of the body affects the brain. And that's like the next great unexplored area of medicine. And I think you guys are, as usual, yes. on the cutting edge. So Wait, That's true, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Pilar, could you talk a little bit about the book? We were talking about that before the show, that it's Dr. Hyman's most recent book. Yeah. Well, I mentioned before he's got a series of books that are very popular, um, including the ultra, uh, ultra Metabolism, the Ultra Simple Diet. But his most recent book is called, the, uh, it's called Ultra Mind. Um, the Ultramind Solution. It's called uh, Ultramind Solution, Fix Your Broken Brain by Healing Your Body First. And that came out in 2009. And the piece that Dar saw and liked so much, um, we kind of adapted from that book. And one of our editors worked really closely with Mark on pulling pieces out of it. And, um, you know, he, the thing about Mark, which I really admire, is he's, he's an extraordinary writer. And he really believes in, in teaching. And it puts a lot of energy into going out and speaking and teaching. But he's been an incredible resource for us and also did a a series with us on functional medicine, which I know you guys are aware of. And that's another thing he's very famous for is being a pioneering leader in the realm of functional medicine, which is all about getting at the core root causes of diseases instead of just dealing with the symptoms. He's the medical director and founder of the Ultra Wellness Center in Lenox, Massachusetts, which is his private practice. And then he has um, just a huge amount of video and podcast stuff that's available on the web through his website. So it's a great book to pick up for people, and we're going to just kind of touch a little bit on some of the points that he made in the article and in his books today. So let's... Yeah, well, there's a wonderful quote, um, and this is from the article. I, I'm sure that it comes from the book as well. Only, and this is quoting Dr. Hyman. Only 10% of us are nutritionally, metabolically, and biochemically balanced enough to fully benefit from psychotherapy. That's now, isn't amazing. that different information from what we're used to hearing? Yes. Yeah, it's very interesting because so many times when people are dealing with depression or anxiety, they go to a doctor and end up, you know, they might get a medication, for example. But the other thing that happens is they go and get counseling or therapy or look for some kind of, um, you know, coaching around their mental state. And I think that point that it's wonderful and that can be very helpful but it, you will not fully benefit from it if you're not biochemically set up to take advantage of it. And he talks a lot about what the, the, the sort of underlying things you need to have in place. Also, that many folks, their depression, when they finally fix their nutritional issues, largely disappears, which is, you know, mm-hmm. we just don't think about that that way, that if by switching what you're eating, you can affect your mental and emotional state that profoundly. But I have seen that happen for people. Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the things that a lot of people are very deficient in these days is omega-3 fatty acids. And we people don't even realize that they're that deficient. And 
you know, sometimes they're very deficient in B12. And, you know, there's other things that can cause that depression. You know, we we hear a lot about vitamin D these days. as as And still, people are coming into our office every day, and they have not had their vitamin D level checked. And then they get it checked, and it's like, you know, 12 or 13. And, well, no wonder they have seasonal affective disorder. Right. It, it should be 50 or higher for optimal health. Yes. And you think about that, you know, so let's say you're dealing with a severe deficiency of, of like essential fatty acids or vitamin D or vitamin B12 or something like that. You know, he, I think Dr. Hyman makes the point that you can go through years of psychoanalysis. You can spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars getting your head shrunk you know? <laughs> um, and that you will not be able to reverse the, pre- the depression effectively, although you may see some b- other benefits from that, if you don't reverse those deficiencies. You know, that's amazing to me mm-hmm. that, yes. you know, just in terms of sheer money. I, as someone who went to therapy for several years, I, I actually highly recommend it as a, as a wonderful way of getting to know yourself. And it's sad to think that you could be doing that and not benefiting. Not benefiting as much. As much, yeah. Or, you know, even worse, you know, finding yourself just hitting a top point that you can't get past, even though you think you've worked out all your childhood issues and your mom, you know, you've dealt with all that. But it's just a, depress- a depression in your, um, in your nutrition that, or thyroid, he mentions, or toxicity, which is another thing he talks a lot about. If you have a toxic overload in your body, you're going to feel depressed and anxious no matter what, and you can change it. So we're going to take a little break here. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company providing life-changing information. We're now offering a series of eight classes called Living the Weight and Wellness Way. These classes provide more research, more support, more recipes, and a very unique approach to help you look at your eating pitfalls and successes. Come join us this week. It's March 3rd. It starts in St. Paul. And you actually can catch your sense of well-being again. So if you have questions today about nutrition for the brain, give us a call at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Cara Carper, nutrition educator and counselor. And I'm here today with Dark Vist, licensed nutritionist. And also very excited to have our special guest, Pilar Gerasimo, who is the editor of Experience Life magazine, and we're discussing comfort foods for the brain. So comfort foods, you know, those are foods that should support brain health, and they're the opposite of the junk foods that are high in processed carbohydrates that most people believe as comfort foods when you think about Comfort eating, you know, you often think about macaroni and cheese, yeah. things like that. Those are not foods that cookies. are going to support our brain health. <laughs> cookies, <laughs> muffins, things like that. Um, but before break, we were discussing, you know, what a deficiency of a certain nutrient can do to our brains. And I think people really need to understand that omega-3 is a huge deficiency. And that in this country, up to 99% of people... Do isn't, not have enough omega-3. Isn't that amazing? 99%. You can pretty much just assume that's you, right? Yes. <laughs> Unless you are like our friend Barb who eats her can of sardines every day. <laughs> then you probably, and there are some people that do that. They eat their can of sardines every day, and they probably have sufficient amount of omega-3s. Maybe. Maybe that isn't mm-hmm. even enough. Because if you think back, people used to eat um, high-fat fish several times a day, didn't they? Right. And that's if you're wondering, you know, why do we have these deficiencies? It's because we're not eating foods like cold water, fatty fish every day. 
Um, and our brain is made of fat. And in the past 150 years, there's been a huge reduction of these good fats like cold water fatty fish. And there's been an increase of the bad fats. So not all fats are the same. You know, the damaged processed fats are the ones that are affecting people's brains negatively. Yes, definitely. And they're in almost everything we eat, sadly. Yes. All processed foods have some kind of a commercial fat in them, which is not what you want. I thought the point that Dr. Hyman made, too, that, um, you know, the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acids in our diets increased from, it was about 1 to 1 back in our old caveman days. He said from 10 to 1 or even 20 to 1 today, and that the the effects of that have been really disastrous on our brains and our bodies. Just We were never designed to live in the food culture that we live right now. So if you're eating a standard American diet, then you're guaranteed to have an, an an essential fatty acid deficiency of omega-3s. And I think what happens is in, when we talk about those omega-6s, the omega-6s are coming from all the, like, soybean oil and corn oil and, you know, the cottonseed oil and the and the other partially hydrogenated fats and the margarines, the Crisco's, and that's where we're getting all those bad fats. And yep. those are not omega-3s, are they? And they don't build healthy <laughs> brains. I mean, that's no. the thing that was amazing to me, you know, <laughs> the, the membranes in our brains, I think you guys were talking about this the, earlier today, too, that physically, you know, you guys talk a lot about how our, our brains are like, I don't know, 60 percent fat or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so the quality of the fats that you eat make up your brain. But that the quality of communication between the cells in your brain, the synapses, you know, are really profoundly affected by the fats that are either present or absent. And having omega-3 fatty acids present in those cell membranes increases their communication. So, Pilar, I remember you used to have a show on this right after us. I did get a whole life back in the day. Good memory. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I eat, you know, the mega threes. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember you interviewed your mom or she called in a couple of times. Yeah, my mom was a special guest on a few occasions. She's great. And you, I mean, right now you don't live right here in the Twin City area, do you? No, I live on the family farm I grew up on. My mom started a cooperative family farm. It was actually kind of a commune back in the day, but now it's a cooperative family farm. And so I live there with my sisters. We each have our own homes, but my mom... And her husband and my sisters and their partners and kids and whoever, we all have separate (laughs) houses. And I live there with my husband. Um, And it's great because actually in the omega-3 fatty acid world, you know, the the healthiest meats and the healthiest eggs to eat are those that have been raised on pasture where they eat grasses. You know, they eat a vegetable diet that's soaked with sun and all kinds of healthy fats are in those um, plant foods. And that translates into healthier meats and eggs. And our chickens run around on pasture. So one of the main sources of omega-3s in my world, although I do love my sardines and I do my cod liver oil on a regular oh, basis. Oh, you do the cod liver oil too. I do. I get the lemon flavored, really not <laughs> tough to swallow <laughs> stuff. And I take some other kinds of DHAs and things. But um, the eggs, because they are healthy little chickens that run around on grass and eat, you know, they eat grubs and all sorts of nasty stuff you probably wouldn't want to directly eat. But it translates to a much higher level of omega-3s in those eggs. And those eggs are now available at the store, too. And I recommend them to people. I think you guys yeah, do, too. Yeah, we do, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you are not deficient in essential fatty acids. Well, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I hope. And that's what I'm trying to run down because I use my brain for my living. You know, yes, I'm dependent. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, on having a good... Uh, and, you know, I've seen... I, I, with my husband, for example, who I love dearly, just even low blood sugar can affect our mood so yes. much that I try to pay attention to when I'm eating and what I'm eating because I don't want to be a depressed, anxious mm-hmm. person. And I think Cara is an expert in that area. <laughs> <laughs> well, just speaking from experience and, you know, I think later on we will talk more about blood sugar, but that's that's just huge for people's moods. Yeah. And I don't think that we realize how much low blood sugar can 
cause us to feel anxious or depressed or irritable or fatigue or. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, just so listeners can understand this, you know, and just to get it in their head and picture that in your brain, each brain cell is connected to every other brain cell. And these cells are sending messages constantly to each other. So the cell membrane, that little membrane or that little wall that's around every cell must be able to receive the message. So what we always say is talking cells are happy cells. They're kind of like women. They love to talk. Most women love <laughs> to talk to one another. They're in the, or so do our cells. And think about this. If your cells are talking, you've got focus cells. So you can concentrate and think. Talking cells help us with word recall. And that one, as you get to be my age, you have to make sure that you're taking the omega-3 so that you continually have good word recall. And talking cells are not angry cells. They're not. They're happy cells. And they're not addictive cells. And they're not depressed cells. You know, when our cells are talking, they're really sending happy messages back and forth. And that's the way things are supposed to work in our brain. And we want, obviously, we want our cells to be speaking to one another and communicating properly. And so to do that, it is really important to be eating good fats and at the same time avoiding the bad ones. So, you know, we mentioned a couple things to include, like the eggs from chickens that are running around in pasture-fed cows. Um, Also, any cold-water fatty fish, olive oil, butter, walnuts. Again, all of these non-processed fats are going to support our brains and they're going to make healthy membranes, which is what our cells are made of. So, you know, like Cara was just saying, if you are eating those kinds of fats, you're going to have a great healthy cell membrane. So, but, you know, as we talked about before, not everyone's eating those kinds of fats. So if your cell membrane has been formed from bad fats, you know, those trans fats, those refined oils, that soybean oil, that corn oil, the cottonseed oil. Well, there's like a muffler that's over those receptors. And then the message can't get in. Right. And that's then a, we, it's a huge problem. A huge, I think Dr. Hyman refers to it as it's like the ears of your, you know, your brain. So the cells are like these little receptors and things that are just listening for messages. And if they're they get your hands over your ears, you're not going to get a lot through them. And it's like that with unhealthy cells in the brain or unhealthy membranes. The messages might be trying to get through, but they're just being blocked. And it has a profound effect. And the, the trick, of course, is that if you are not willing to change your diet for your for your weight or for your skin or for some other part of your physical well-being, I hope people will consider changing their diet for their emotional and mental well-being. I agree. Yeah. makes a huge difference because that's the thing. You know, the stuff, the French fries, the muffins, the cookies, the things that people eat to comfort themselves because they're feeling depressed, the catch-22 is that the more you eat that stuff, the, the less more, healthy your brain gets and the more right. depressed and anxious exactly. you feel and the less you're able to function well. So then your life goes down the tubes because you're not operating effectively. <laughs> you know, right. It's really a vicious circle. So we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, after this show, I'm heading out to Woodbury to teach the food connection to ADD, ADHD at 10 o'clock. So I'm going to be on the road quick. And if you still want to, you know, if you still want to attend, you're just hearing about it, give our office a call because we've got maybe room for one or two more people. And I, but I'll also be teaching the same class Wednesday night in Wyzetta. And so if you want to sign up, call our office at 651 699 
888-344-3438. And you know, the cost is only $25. Amazing. So we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Discount Nutrition. Do you notice that when the paper delivery person delivers your morning paper, that companies are also delivering junk food in the same bag? So in the past couple of weeks, this is what I've gotten. A box of chocolate Cheerios. And we actually brought that in the studio. Mm-hmm. So looking at the label, I see that the second ingredient is sugar. The third ingredient is corn syrup. So in this little box, we have at least six t- teaspoons of sugar. So then another item that was inserted was a planner's big nut bar. And that's got corn syrup, hydrogenated oil, which is a trans fat. And again, almost six teaspoons of sugar. So we're constantly surrounded by processed carbohydrates. And, you know, we're not getting apples or broccoli in with our paper, are we? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. no. I've never had broccoli delivered yet. <laughs> now, that's something that I would, that I personally would eat. I would, too. <laughs> so, you know, we were talking about essential fatty acids and the huge deficiency with that. I think it's important that we talk about neurotransmitters next. And, you know, Pilar and Dar were talking about the messages and our cells communicating. And you had mentioned, you know, the synapse. Well, the synapse is just the space between the cells. So you have these messengers that are like jumping from one cell to another across the synapse. Those are neurotransmitters. And that's actually what's doing the talking in your brain. And those messengers are actually made from protein. So if you're you not... mean, Cara, they're not made from <laughs> antidepressants? Nope, it's not a deficiency of antidepressants. (laughs) It's a deficiency of? It's a deficiency of protein. And we really need to be eating that at every meal for our brains to work properly. And so when we think in terms of every meal, we need at least three meals, don't we? And for people that are really struggling with um, depression or anxiety, we often say, you know, five or six meals to do some protein, at least five meals then. So, so again, you just got to think about this. And it's, it's really hard, I think, for a lot of women to do this, is to eat protein, animal protein at every meal. So, you know, great things to do is grass-fed beef, chicken, turkey, eggs, cottage cheese, plain yogurt, lamb, pork, all those things. And we've all heard about serotonin, haven't we? I mean, I think a lot of people have because those are, they affect, serotonin is affected by, you know, things like antidepressants like Prozac, Zoloft, those things. And it, they don't make, you know, those things don't make your serotonin. It just affects how well that works. So to make serotonin again, we keep saying this over and over, but you've got to eat protein. So... A low-protein diet, and I think women get, I mean, I keep saying, going back to that, women get caught in that, don't they? Because they think, oh, if I eat protein, it's going to make me fat or something because they think, oh, protein's got fat in it. But no, it actually increases your metabolism by quite a bit, doesn't it? I think it's up to 70% every time we eat protein, our metabolism is increased. So every time we eat protein, we increase our serotonin level a little bit. And actually, protein is really a comfort food for your brain. Isn't that, I think that's... That was a huge takeaway for me from reading this article, that, you know, you if 
you have got to eat protein, not just to build muscle. And, you know, I think a lot of people yes. understand that, yes. but that you build your brain by eating protein and getting regular infusions of protein also helps manage your blood sugar, which we're going to talk a little bit about later. But, you know, I think the fact that something as simple as eating more protein can affect, again, your brain health is important because if you're dependent on a, on a medication like Zoloft or Prozac to try to rejigger your neurotransmitters and you haven't tried adjusting your diet yet, you know, Dr. Hyman makes the point that drugs like Prozac generally help about only half the symptoms half the time. And the data suggests that a nutritional improvement can do a whole lot better than that in terms of its frequency, the likelihood of, of improvement. But it also has positive side effects. You know, instead of the negative side effect, there are no negative side effects to improving your diet, only positive ones. So and it's more effective than drugs. Yes, Bullard, say that again. Just He said <laughs> half the symptoms, right? Half the symptoms, half the symptoms about half the time for a drug like Prozac is what Dr. Hyman says. So you can, you know, it may or may not work. It may or may not work well, and it may or may not work well all the time. But almost guaranteed is that you're going to end up with some side effects that include things like libido. Low libido is a really big problem for people who get on these drugs. They have sometimes, you know, weird kind of personality quirks or changes in their energy. Um, in some cases, it actually makes their depression problems worse. You know, we've heard about, you know, in, in isolated instances, people can end up feeling d more down or, you know, so... You don't want to end up getting more depressed as a result of taking a medication that's for depression. But that's not going to happen if you go and improve your essential fatty acid intake and you go and improve your protein intake. You're only going to have improvements there. Well, it's kind of interesting, Cara. I think if you, you know, we see a lot of people that come in that really do not want to be on their antidepressants, don't we? Mm -hmm. They just say because, again, and it goes back to they have lost their libido and they don't like it. And they, that's the, the motivating factor for both men and women to get off of their antidepressant. And, uh, you know, we and really, once people get to start to eat a lot better and have better nutrition, then they can be talking to their psychiatrist or whoever prescribed the antidepressant to slowly, very slowly wean off of them if it seems appropriate for them. And, uh, or if not, nutrition helps their antidepressant work, doesn't it? It does. Well, and like you said earlier, something like Prozac or Zoloft isn't making more serotonin. It's just affecting the way that it works. But we can actually make our own serotonin by eating protein. Yeah, and I think that we were talking before about, you know, if the membranes and the receptors are like the ears, that these proteins, these amino acids that form proteins that form or the, the amino acids that form the neurotransmitters are really the talkers, you know, and the, you have to have them to get the message across. It doesn't help to have listening ears if there's nothing being said. Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> That's a good point. Very good. So I think what we're going to do is, you know, I want to leave enough time in the last part of the show to talk about blood sugar and a little bit about magnesium. So we're going to take a quick break now. And you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, I want to share an interesting federally funded study involving 87,000 women. And those who ate the most trans fats had 44% higher risk of stroke. Now, that's kind of interesting. And those who ate the most trans fats, 44 higher risk of a stroke. And, you know, so what's, you know, so what is bad for the heart is also bad for the brain. And, you know, I have to tell you, my mother followed my, her doctor's advice. And she actually switched from butter to margarine against whatever I said. You know, she switched from a good fat to a trans fat and not only had a fatal heart attack, 
but she also had three or four minor strokes. So she practiced poorly researched 1950 nutrition, and she really paid a hefty price. So that's why I'm so passionate about this topic. So we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. The American Heart Association recommends limiting trans fats, which are hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated oils, limiting them to less than 1% of your total fat intake. So 1% of the fat consumption for most people would be two French fries, an eighth of a muffin, or a sixteenth of a piece of birthday cake from, for example, Walmart. Any of those cakes sold at the stores are going to have trans fats. Yeah. <laughs> and ultimately, none of those would probably be your best bet. Right. The answer is none of the above. None of the above. <laughs> well, yeah. And plus, all of those things are like sugars of one type or another, which is another thing that totally messes with people's brains. Yes, it does. Right. And, you know, it affects blood sugar which is it's such an important topic when we're talking about both anxiety and depression, focus, memory, moods. And I think, you know, but with blood sugar, there's a few different reasons that people experience low blood sugar. One is because they're skipping meals, just not eating frequently enough. Or it can be from eating the wrong foods. And examples of foods that would cause blood sugar fluctuations would be processed carbohydrates. So just for example, let's say you eat a bagel for breakfast. Your blood sugar is going to go up way too high. So within a couple of hours, it's going to crash down. And that could cause both anxiety and depression and low moods. Um, And so what we want to be doing is having protein with a carbohydrate. And we also want a healthy fat. But we don't want a carbohydrate like a bagel. Right. That's the huge. People get so confused about this. And, you know, they carbohydrates make you fat or carbohydrates. It's true that the processed carbohydrates you're talking about, white breads, a lot of breads in general, cereals in general, anything where the flour, a grain has been ground down into something flour-like is a bad idea. But vegetables, legumes, all of the things that fruits, for example, seeds, nuts, all of those things have some carbohydrates in them. And we don't eat anywhere near enough of those kinds of good carbohydrates, the kale, the broccoli, the cauliflower, you know, sweet potatoes, for example. Those are things that are the source of not just great carbohydrates that your body needs to have steady energy, but also a great source of phytonutrients, which are all the anti-inflammatory compounds and brightly colored fruits and vegetables that help soothe inflammation in the brain and in the body. Absolutely essential. And, you know, one of the things that Dr. Hyman says, he says carbohydrates are the single most important food for long-term health and optimal brain function. He says it may come as a shocking statement given the low-carb movement in our country, but that it's true. But he says exactly the same thing. Donuts, bread, bagels, muffins, colas, juices, the junk food we think about as carbohydrates not is not what he's talking about. He's talking about plant foods, vegetables, fruits, beans, whole grains, nuts, seeds, herbs, and spices. Vegetables and fruits are carbohydrates? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we they get are, that question a lot, don't yeah, we? They're we do. the only kind of carbohydrate in general that I, I choose to eat. I really don't eat a lot of breads. I don't yep. feel a craving for them, and my energy has gotten so much better since I stopped doing that whole cereal routine. It really makes a big mm-hmm. difference. But you're right. People have those snacks of like a bowl of cereal or a bagel, mm-hmm. and not just their energy crashes, but their mood and their ability to focus goes downhill. Mm-hmm. And depression is often caused by uncontrolled processed food eating of mm-hmm. uh, the carbohydrate variety. Well, you know, at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, everyone eats very balanced. So they eat a little bit of protein, and they eat vegetables, and they eat good fat. But I bet you work in an office 
Probably, maybe, maybe everybody eats really healthy there. Well, we got lucky. The magazine staff is separate from our corporate headquarters, but in most offices, the problem is is that the big frosted donuts are Mm -hmm. the snack of choice or the vending machines are what's available. So, I mean, my advice to people is whether you're dealing with a physical issue, weight problem, not healthy in your body, or what you're noticing is a lack of brain focus, you know, brain fog, or a mood disorder like anxiety or depression or just low mood, Pay attention to that because it is an, the easiest, fastest way to fix that kind of problem, I think, or at least see if it can be fixed that way first. You know, I think the other day that I stopped at Mississippi Market because that's where I buy a lot of my groceries. And I just stood there in the produce aisle watching people buy produce. And of course, you know, you're going to get, when you go to a co op, you're going to get people buying a lot more produce to begin with. They're not going into those middle aisles and getting cereal and all those things. So I was just watching different people, and because, you know, I haven't always eaten kale for breakfast, but I do often now eat kale and or spinach and a couple of eggs and a little bit of butter. So that's kind of a typical breakfast for me. And it was really neat to watch all those people walking in and looking at the kale, picking it up, and actually buying it. <laughs> you know, it was it was really fun to watch that. And it's how to get all everyone else thinking that way rather than grabbing that that processed carbohydrate or that cereal or that bagel or that muffin or, you know, people, it, it's changing people's thoughts and, and getting them to actually try something. I, I, you know, the other thing, I think we, we lost our taste for vegetables because, you know, as I was growing up, my vegetables were coming out of my mother's garden. And they were organic vegetables. I didn't know they were organic then. I just thought they were tasted good. And probably that's how you grew up, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah. And so it was fun to eat that way. And we'd go out in the garden, we'd pick peas, and we'd, we'd eat the peas raw, actually, or green beans and things like that, the tomatoes and all those things. And then we got all this commercially grown food that honestly, a lot of times it doesn't have very good taste, does it? No, and our taste buds get really perverted, too, by the, you know, the more sugars and processed foods and fast foods you eat, the less you're able to taste real food. And so you don't think it tastes as bland. You know, if you've been eating, I call it Mm -hmm. the 3D Dorito problem, you know, those Doritos that are like three-dimensional, every kind of artificial flavor you can think of, you know, you blast your taste buds with something like that or a sugar or a cola or Mountain Dew, like Mm -hmm. you were talking about, you really can't effectively taste much of anything natural for a little while. But after a few days of being off of that stuff, your taste buds kind of reset, your body resets, your energy gets better, and people are astonished at how good food actually mm-hmm. tastes. And maybe, you know, instead of needing a dessert, fruit actually will taste sweet again. Sometimes almost too sweet. It's weird. <laughs> like, it, it really does reset. Mm-hmm. But, you know, getting back to the brain thing, and I know we'll run short of time, one thing I'd love to just let people know is we made this whole article, Comfort Food for the Brain, available at our website. And I don't know if you guys can post a link to it from the Dishing Up Nutrition site sure, or I'm not. I'm sure we can. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's you can find it at Experience Life mag.com. Um, it's free. It's available there. And it has, you know, advice on exactly what to eat in all of these categories from the healthy essential fats and the fatty acids we talked about to the right kinds of proteins, the right kinds of carbohydrates. And I just think, you know, it all goes together. If you eat the stuff that's high in processed carbs, it's going to affect your serotonin. It's going to affect your energy levels. It's going to affect your mood, all of that stuff. So, mm-hmm. well, you know, I think a lot of people also they think that they're eating healthy when they grab some of these protein bars, which are, uh, they really don't have protein in them even, but they're called protein bars. 
and they also are very processed, and they often have, you know, partially hydrogenated fat in them. And corn syrup. And mm-hmm. corn syrup. And so it's like even getting to people that are, that are, you know, they think that they're really doing well. They're maybe athletes, or they work out a lot, and they're still grabbing processed junk food, basically. It all just gets back to real food. You know, the more real that the food is, the better our, we're going to feel with yep. our brain health. Yep. One of the things that um, Dr. Hyman says at the end of this article, which I really liked, is that he says the most powerful tool you have to transform your health and improve your mood is your fork. Oh, you know? lo- <laughs> <laughs> your fork, Isn't that not true? your vitamin bottle, although the nutrients are important, too. And I'm all for occasionally, you know, I'm good. For, the supplements are great and a lot of people need to have them. And no matter how great your supplements are, you have to be eating real, honest to God mm-hmm. food every day, mm-hmm. every meal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we do day after day after day with people. And that's what we're trying to teach people all the time. And even with the show, we try to teach them people how to get back to eating real food all the time. And eating enough food so that they keep their blood sugar balanced. Don't be afraid to eat five times a day. Mm-hmm. I know you do. I do. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I've gotten into the habit of always having my little uh, containers with a little bit of food that I'm carrying. I have them packed for today because as I go out to my class, I have to eat something so that I keep my blood sugar balanced because mm-hmm. I'm going to be teaching. You need for to the focus. Next, I need to focus. I'm going to be teaching for the next two hours. And... I respect the people enough in my group that I'm going to be teaching to that I want to be the best that I can be. And that means I have to have some food in my body and my brain to think well. And that's that's important. So supplements are, like you said, Pilar, they're never a replacement for food. But we have so many deficiencies. That's why we did touch on a few today. Absolutely. Well, great show, ladies. Thank you for coming, Pilar. We enjoyed it. And Cara, always great to have you here. Thanks. And um, change your nutrition and change your brain. Thank you for listening today.